0: Welcome to the Mornings with Sue and Andy podcast for Friday, July 14th. The provincial government is looking into the feasibility of health care spending accounts for Albertans. We'll discuss the pros and cons of the proposed plan with Lorian Hardcastle, assistant professor in the Faculty of Law from the University of Calgary.
1: Next, we hear details of an exciting new partnership between a Calgary-based tech company and sports giant, Adidas. We speak with Madison Sabalow, co-founder of OCO, the company that will be supplying Adidas with ink that will be used in the production of sneakers. Inc. made from upcycled carbon capture material.
0: And finally, how will the latest interest rate hike by the Bank of Canada impact the Calgary housing market? We tackle the topic with realtor Justin Haver from Justin Haver & Associates, Remax First.
1: Alberta's Minister of Technology and Innovation, Nate Glubish, has been tasked with exploring the feasibility of creating health spending accounts for Albertans. Joining us to talk about it is Laurian Hardcastle, Assistant Professor in the Faculty of Law at the University of Calgary and a member of the O'Brien Institute for Public Health. Hi Lorian, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Okay, so when we talk about health spending accounts for Albertans, we're not talking about a health spending account that might be sort of, you know, covered by your employer, right? This is something completely separate through the province?
2: That's right. Um, And so what uh, the premier had talked about during her uh, leadership race and and, uh, even before that was giving each Albertan uh, a few hundred dollars and for them to be able to use that on services that are currently uninsured.
0: Oh, okay. So, yeah, this would not be, you know, I... You need to get a prescription or, or have my hand examined because I have carpal tunnel. This might be those outside things, as, as Sue alluded to earlier, um, you know, that our employers might cover if you're lucky enough to have a, a specialty plan, right?
2: That, that's right. At one point, uh, the Premier had talked about these accounts potentially covering things like family doctor services, but there was a, a fair bit of backlash over that. And she seems to have pulled back on on that idea uh, later on.
1: What would you say are the pros and cons of coming up with something like this?
2: I think the, the big con is really uh, from an equity perspective, using the health, health budget to give each Albertan the same amount of money um, really doesn't do a lot to improve health equity. Some people need a lot more than a few hundred dollars to cover things like, like, like pharmaceuticals or those sorts of things. Whereas, uh, others have higher incomes or have employer insurance and, and maybe don't need that money. And so, while of course giving people money for uninsured services or, or having people have better access to dental or, or pharmaceutical is, is a good thing, um, doing it in this way isn't the most efficient or equitable way of getting at that problem.
0: Speaking once again with uh, Lorian Hardcastle, assistant professor in the faculty of law at the University of Calgary and a member of the O'Brien Institute for Public Health. Yeah, you're talking about, you know, the best use of the dollars. But when we take a step back, Lorian, and look at the dollars, when we hear about the healthcare system already, you know, having a tough time, uh, you know, we we could certainly use an, an unlimited supply of money to get things clicking the way it should be. Where would the monies come for something like this?
2: Well, uh, it's, it's not clear. It, it isn't clear if this would result, if this would come from uh, raising the, the overall health care budget or if this would come from finding savings elsewhere. Uh, we, we really haven't heard a lot about that. And it seems that the, the premier is interested now in considering the, the feasibility of these and presumably that would be part of the feasibility conversation.
1: Is there anywhere else we can look, whether Canada or beyond Lorien where they're using this sort of a program? I mean, you know, I know there are a lot of companies, and I know there are a lot of people with health coverage through their their employer that get this, but th- that's actually using it as a you know a pr- provincial incentive.
2: No it, it really uh, it's been discussed a lot in the in the literature um, and, and people have gone through the, the pros and the cons in in the literature but there there isn't any jurisdiction that I'm aware of um, where this is being used in any widespread sort of manner. Um, but but the literature tends to be somewhat critical of these, and uh, instead suggests that that there are more efficient ways uh, or more effective ways of getting those uninsured services to the people who need them. So, for example. Um. Instead of giving everyone that money and having some some people get it who don't really need it, you might um, lower the income ceiling to to qualify for pharmaceutical benefits, or you might uh, create a, a program to get dental care to people with lower incomes, those sorts of programs. All
0: right. Uh, I think we covered a lot of ground here. Uh, thanks for the update, Laurie, and we appreciate it.
2: Thank you for having me. Thank
0: you. That's Lorian Hardcastle, assistant professor in the faculty of law at the University of Calgary and a member of the O'Brien Institute for Public Health. Calgary based tech company OCO has signed a deal with sports giant Adidas that will see the sneaker use embedded ink, ink embedded rather, with captured carbon uh, emissions as a component in 400,000 pairs of shoes. Wow. With details, we're joined by Madison Savalot, co-founder and venture lead of OCO. Good morning to you, Madison.
3: Good morning. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you for being here. We can get into the science aspect because I I think it's fascinating, but I think we need some explanation. Uh, But before we do that, what is OCO? OCO, tell us about your company and what you do.
3: Absolutely. So we are a carbon capture and utilization company, and we provide materials for consumer goods. So um, items that everyday people can touch and feel, and they're made from uh, low-carbon materials. We work with brands and companies to basically decarbonize
1: their products. Okay, Madison. First of all, congratulations on the deal with Adidas. This is awesome. But for those who are listening, I mean, we hear the term carbon capture and capturing carbon a lot. Can you explain what you mean and and how this translates to the shoes?
3: yeah absolutely and this is a a very local example actually so we take the co2 emissions from the natural gas plant that serves about half of calgary's electricity so we're actually taking a pipe off the side of the flue gas stack or the emission stack and we funnel that emission source down to um, our units our production units and we're storing that co2 into a solid powder So the materials that we're using for this ink, there's two of them, there's a white ink and a black ink. We use graphite and magnesium silicate and we store that CO2 in a solid format. Um, So it does just look like a powder at the end of the day. And then we're able to embed that into a whole bunch of different products. This one is an ink project, but we've done things in the plastic sector and textiles and our parent company Carbon Upcycling is a cement um, alternative producer.
0: Boy, the versatility oh. of you know these products that can be made from this carbon captured—it's mind blowing. Back back to the ink, Madison though, and your project with Adidas—is this very unique to to Calgary or other uh, operations across the globe? You know, uh, making ink in in such a manner. It's okay.
3: There's a couple um, alternative ink companies out there. There's a couple companies making ink from algae. We've seen a few that are making it from um, particulate matter from exhaust, so a little bit different than capturing CO2, but um, more like soot essentially, using that as a pigment. Um, but ours is one of the only ones I've seen that's using captured CO2 emissions to create ink.
1: Brilliant, because obviously that's, you know, we're focused on. <laughs> trying to keep this planet going for the next bunch of years. So, uh, you know, I think it's really innovative, and and I love that it's a Calgary-based company that's made this move. So do you see future applications for more of this type of carbon capture?
3: I do, yeah. Um, I mean, if you're looking at all the reports that um say how we're going to keep this planet going we do need carbon capture and utilization to be a part of that and it's not a silver bullet but it's definitely one of the the many solutions that we do need um and yeah i see it in every product that's that's our goal is to create low carbon materials for everything that we can touch and feel there's always a way to make it low carbon Mm.
0: And when you talk about the ink itself and the quality of the ink and the look, when you look at ink, you know, produced from carbon capture, produced by Oka, would, would we, the average person be able to tell that it's different at all?
3: Actually, no one would be able to tell. And that was... That was actually the point, is that we wanted something that could be directly replaced with the materials that Adidas is currently using that are higher carbon. Um, but we still have to hit the uh, requirements or the metrics that they're looking for. So things like uh, making sure that the ink color lasts for a long time or that it doesn't peel off. Um, so the point is actually that it it's a direct replacement.
1: Well, we know the shoes will be released this fall, these Oco CO2 enhanced ink on the shoes, 80 to $350 a pair, depending on your model. We'll take three pairs here if you don't mind, Madison. But uh, curious, a company like Oco, then, are you getting help from the federal government and the provincial government to really kind of come up with these innovations?
3: We do get a lot of um, grant support, and the federal government has put out budgets on um, basically... Cash back essentially for any capex that goes into CCU projects or CCUS projects, um, which is really exciting. We don't yet know how to to claim those. We need some more details. But yes, over the years, we've received a a lot of grant funding from our our government to our, our parent company, Carbon Upcycling, to help develop this platform technology.
0: Madison, when it comes to, you know, uh, being Calgary-based, this is fantastic news, and it does diversify. Uh, you know, the, the term we've used many, many times in the past uh, handful of years, uh, the economy for our city uh, gives us a different shine. But how about jobs? Is this going to be creating more jobs for Calgarians down the road?
3: That's the intent for sure. I mean, we definitely need to see a lot of more jobs. A lot more green jobs and there's a couple organizations like iron and earth for instance that will do reskilling and retooling of people from other industries into clean tech and um i can only see that being more prominent i actually see maybe a bit of a, a labor shortage especially because a lot of um, green tech jobs are manufacturing jobs so um the trades are going to be ever more important as they have in the past so um yeah the, the goal is definitely to create jobs and um allow this to be an economic leave- viable
1: solution. Brilliant. Thanks so much for joining us and explaining it, and breaking it down for us, Madison. Have a great day. Thanks so much. Thank you. Madison Savalo, co-founder and venture lead of OCO. It's spelled O-C-O. You can go online, ococompany.com for more info and oh, it has been a tough go out there if you're looking to buy or sell a home the market is red hot good for some not so good for others rental market tough as well to get the low down on what's going on in real estate in calgary joining us right now is of course justin haver uh, calgary real estate extraordinaire hello justin how are you
4: Good morning, Sue and Andy. How are you guys?
1: Excellent. Pleasure to have you on once again. What's it like out there right now? What are you seeing? Is it sort of still the same as as we've been chatting about for, what, a couple of years now? It's super hot in the market, but it's really a seller's market, isn't it?
4: Yeah, you know, from record-breaking sales month in June to this week's interest rate hike, uh, it seems like we're living in the Wild West uh, here in real estate. So probably... Kind of like the Stampede out there, right? It's uh, pretty wild. Now, you know, clearly it it is um, a challenging market, especially if you're a buyer trying to acquire a property because, uh, you know, we have such incredibly low inventory with, you know, just over a month of inventory. So a lot of competing offers out there.
0: Just just when it's tough enough, uh, Justin, uh, we get the announcement uh, this week that we're raising that uh, key uh, rate again, the highest it's been. Since 2001, the 10th increase of said rates since March of 2022, it seems like the hits keep on coming. So you, you mentioned it's difficult for the buyers, Justin, but what, what if I have to buy right now? Uh, what are some of the strategies that I can get the most for my dollar, you know, and kind of feel like I came out with a half-decent deal?
4: Well, you know, the most important thing is to speak with a mortgage broker to create a, a strategy that is best suited for you and your financial um, landscape for the for the next few years you know we have a saying you know you date the rate you marry the house so some people are looking at you know a a shorter term fixed rate strategy with the anticipation that uh, perhaps we may see lower rates uh, in a year or two again nobody has that crystal ball it seems like um You know, we were told here, you know, during the pandemic that we were going to have low rates till end of 2023. Well, that didn't happen. So I think it's just really, we got to be focused on what we currently have and the rates that we have. And at the same time, put together a plan that's going to work well for you. Do anticipate that you will be in competing offer scenario. I think that is, you know, especially for Calgarians who's looking to purchase They have to overcome that mindset that they have to accept the fact that they will be in competing offers. And then it's a matter of working with your trusted real estate advisor to put together a strategy on, you know, how can your offer stand out amongst the other offers that you are. You know, if you are looking at, for instance, if we're looking at the apartment segment, so far this month, the average... Amount paid over list prices, uh, you know, almost seventy-five hundred dollars. You look at, you know, the next segment of semi-detached. You're looking at about an average of twenty-two thousand over asking price. So, you should probably be looking a lot less than what you are pre-approved for with your mortgage. Um, make sure that you have the pre-approval letter. Make sure that you have your entire deposit available so that you can have that, you know, included with the offer when you're presenting that to the seller, you know, and you want to make sure that your offer is as clean as possible. You know, maybe you tell the seller that, hey, don't worry about cleaning the property that you will handle the move out clean. Whatever you can do to position your offer to be, you know, very desirable for the seller, obviously, price uh, usually is the, the big factor that the sellers look at.
1: And Justin, is that sort of the key then? Because there is just, it's so hot out there and, and everything is moving so quickly and competitive offers, etc. Is that why, I mean, you can people can call Justin Haver and Associates Remax first, talk to you and your team. Like, do people really need to have a good realtor on their side to make sure that they do have all their ducks in the row, just like you said?
4: You, you definitely need to have you know, someone um, with experience on how to navigate the different challenges in the market. And, you know, we have several strategies that we help with our buyers and sellers for that matter to ensure that, you know, we put their best foot forward. And, uh, you know, we even have uh, some strategies where other agents are now (laughs) telling us that they're going to train their brokerage on how we do our offer presentation when we're representing the buyers. So it is, You know, about having the strategies and and ensuring that, you know, you position your client in the best possible way so that you can um, at least have a shot at, you know, being the winning offer, especially if the house that you really want to get.
0: I I remember it seemed like uh, was it uh, late last year or uh, in the summer months, Justin, that we were hearing, I might be off on my timeline there, that. A lot of the buyers were coming in from out of the market, like for example from Toronto or, or Ontario. Are we still seeing a lot that still see the value due to our price structure here in the city from out of town?
4: Oh, big time. Um, you know, we're still seeing a lot of people from Ontario or BC for that matter are still coming here. And, you know, when you look at the average price of a property here compared to what it is so in those markets, uh, Calgary is still on sale, even at the prices where we are at. And, uh, you know, you also got to keep in mind, too, that a lot of people that come from Ontario are used to um, a very competitive market when it comes to competing offers. Out there, it's pretty much normal to have unconditional offers. Mm. And uh, that's the only way that you can stand out out there. And, uh, you know, many of them are essentially bringing that mentality out here, too, of uh, Unconditional offers, no problem, however, you know as a real estate advisor, we obviously got to ensure that we inform our clients that we don't recommend our clients to go unconditional, especially if you don't have your mortgage or if you if you need a mortgage, you should have you know the bank to have you uh, have approve the property as well as uh, price out the property right so you 're taking a lot of risk if you go unconditional there. And a property inspection. It's incredibly important to have a property inspection so you know what it is that you're buying, right? Because there can be a lot of hidden deficiencies uh, that a home inspector will find when they're doing the inspection of the property. And uh, it's best so that you are informed that you're not buying a lemon in many cases, right?
1: Yeah. I think that's the point, right? You've got to be careful. It can move so quickly, and if you're not prepared and you don't exactly know what you're doing, things can go wrong really quickly with a very high price tag item. Do you think this is going to change anytime soon, this market that we're seeing? it Does it? Will it? What do you think?
4: You know, if you look at the... The uh, fundamentals of supply and demand—you know, with incredibly low supply that we have—and there's nothing on the horizon there that's going to indicate that we're going to get a huge influx of new inventory. And the demand still remains strong. I think people are getting, you know, used to the higher rate environment. And um, you know, the fixed rate mortgages right now—I mean, you can get into five-year fixed mortgage, you know, for as low as 4.89 to roughly 5.39 percent. So, you know, which is still a lot better than the stories we hear from the early 80s where interest rates were as high as 22%. Um, so it's just getting adjusted to the new environment and, you know, accepting the fact that, you know, the real estate market will always be moving and, uh, you know, people are always going to have uh, demand for housing and especially with so many people uh, coming to our amazing city.
0: Mm-hmm. What an interesting time. And, yes, that's why we want to talk to a pro. That's why we need help. Uh, quite frankly, a little hand-holding. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of hand Because it is very difficult to navigate. Thanks for your time once again, Justin. We appreciate it. And uh, happy uh, last weekend of Stampede to you and your team and your family. Well,
4: thank you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you again for having us on here.
0: But Justin Haver, realtor with Justin Haver and Associates, REMAX First. Justin dot com. It just makes it sound, you know, it was so much more easy when you explain it in the terms that he was.
1: I've had him, he and his team into my house yeah. when I was thinking of selling and like they really break it down. Yeah. You need a pro on your side in this kind of market. Rough ride. Yeah.